And I will advertise it. Let me tell you. Doctor Smoke It. Oh yeah. Nurses Smoke It. Judges Smoke It. Yeah, yeah. Even lawyers too, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to legalize it. I will advertise it. Legalize it. And I will advertise it. One more thing. Birds eat it. And they love it. Oh yeah, yeah. Fowl eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they love it. You know what? Even the goats, all the goats, love to play in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legalize it. And I will advertise it. And we got a really interesting show today. This is Alligator in Alignment. I'm here in wonderful Fairfax, California today. Now, if any of you people know anything about Fairfax, let me tell you, it's a wonderful community in Marin County. And uh, right now we're at the Marin Alliance, which is a dispensary here in Fairfax, California. I had uh, Lynette here with me, but she got called into the dispensary for a minute, so I'm here by myself right now. Hopefully she'll be back shortly. But let me tell you, she opened the first legal cannabis dispensary in the United States of America. And she has a story to tell about the struggles that she had trying to, uh, to get this whole thing started. Now here she's back. <laughs> okay, okay so. I'm so excited. I have to tell you. This is the exciting part here. I just launched my own brand. Oh my goodness. My own brand, and it just came in the first run, and I'm in partners with the Vampire of Air. You guys check this out, man. Check. There's Vampire. Yes, yes. Isn't that good? And even, the, even the pot leaves are spooky. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have joints made of voodoo strain. <laughs> got me going. For... In the coffin, indica. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it just came in right listen, in the middle of our interview. Hooray. Listen, we came in a good time yes, here. Yes, you did, man. It's listen, the launcher. <laughs> this is Lynette Shaw. That's correct. I have a friend, uh, Belinus, and I go back, ooh, 50 years or so. I used to play there when I would come out to California. I would play in, at uh, Smiley's. Smiley's, I played there before. And, uh, yeah. And every time I come to California, I always go there to play, just for nostalgia. But I was there and a friend of mine told me, he says, Alligator, he says, you're doing your podcast. 
you want, I got an interesting subject for you. He says, there's a lady in uh, Fairfax who opened the first legal marijuana dispensary in America. Mm -hmm. In the world, actually. In the world. Oh, yeah. now, that's even better. The first license to legally sell pot ever. Oh, my goodness. I know. Tell me something. How did, <laughs> how did, tell us how did this come about? Oh, I got in so much trouble, but I'll tell you how I got there, and I'll tell you all the trouble that happened, okay? I was, I was working with the medical marijuana movement. I met Dennis Perone and Jack Herrer at the same time, the founder of the hemp movement and the founder of the medical marijuana movement. And um, I, my mother was a Quaker, and so when I went to, to this f Castro, where the first pot club in history was, and there were these thousands of people who were like this big that the only thing that was keeping them alive was joints. Yeah. And they didn't know why. It was AIDS. It was a crisis. So we had a drug war and we had people laying down and dying in the streets. When I got to the Castro and, and Dennis brought me to this beautiful lounge and everybody was dying, but they felt a little better, you know? And, and he said, do you want a job? It's dangerous. <laughs> You know, and I said, "Oh my God, what can I do to help?" So I joined the first pot club in history and the first staff in history, and um, it was very scary. And the cops were circling around, and the oh, agents were circling around, yeah. and, and we had I I took in six thousand individuals working for Dennis over five years. Six I had all these patients, and then when it was it was more than AIDS, it was cancer, and then it was the lupus, and then it was. All these diseases I'd never heard of because I'm a musician. I, hey, I didn't know what any of this stuff was, but I'd look at the medical stuff. I did my homework, and, I, and it was pot is simple. Well, you got nausea, you're in chemo. Well, you're probably going to want sativa because that helps the nausea. You know, you're in terrible pain. You're going to want indica. And so we had, had basic. I learned more and more as I went, and I became Dennis's secretary. And then Dennis sent me down to L.A. to help Jack, so I was Jack Harris' secretary for, and Dennis Prone's secretary for five years, both the founding fathers of our movement. And a, wee, a good wee girl's hard to find, <laughs> you know? And I'm honest, and I work hard, and I also have good ideas. This is, being an idea girl is very dangerous. It's a dangerous thing. So um, I worked on the 215 Development Committee, because I was Dennis's secretary. So I was there, we were, had a group of people, and it kind of varied with who was there. I took a lot of notes, and we developed the 215 language. And, we f and, and also, before the, even before that, Dennis had trained me to be a lobbyist in Sacramento, because we had, to, we had to pursue every other legal and political way to get legal medical marijuana somehow. Mm -hmm. or, or, or we also were up, we had agreed to become arrested and be part of the case to try to overturn the anti-medical marijuana law, you know? So that was part of the danger part, you know? And uh, it was not, it was very scary. And then I was a lobbyist in Sacramento. Dennis said, gee, Lynette, you're photogenic. Um, I'm gonna take the dressers, take you to Bloomies, and get you a power suit and, and get your nails done. And have somebody put some makeup on you. <laughs> okay, Dennis, okay. So I was the lead person to walk into the office of the senator or the assembly person because, hi, I made an appointment to talk to you about medical marijuana, and I'm Lynette Shaw, and, oh, by the way, I have a few friends. And I would bring in the really crippled, terribly sick, just miserable humans, mm -hmm. and we'd make the senator cry. And that was the mission. That is amazing. That's, that's, that's how we got every one, one door, one tear, one vote. 
we went, that's how we got all the votes. And we, we won the assembly bill, got vetoed. We won the Senate bill, we got vetoed. We had exhausted all remedies, and then we went to the initiative. So this was a five-year plan from Dennis Brown. I was in the middle of all this stuff. You know, I was the young gay girl in the back taking a lot of notes going, damn, there's some heavy-duty people coming from City Hall around here. Um, I helped campaign for 215. I was training petitioners for Jack Hare for the hemp petitioner. So I ended up training everybody statewide uh, for the medical marijuana petition. And um, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm only part of the think tank. Uh, and um, I'm an idea girl. Some ideas work out, you know. So um, during the campaign, I secured this place here that we're, we're. I secured this place as a campaign headquarters, but also as an underground pot access because I was so many sick people here. We had we were number two in the nation for HIV/AIDS per capita, mm. and still to this day, let's say this right to the camera too, number one for breast cancer in the nation, Little Marin County, this county. That's to un- this day. Who, who would have dreamed that? To this day, one out of three women in Marin County will have or have had breast cancer. Wow. One out of three. And we don't know why. We don't have any industry. We're yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking organic yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all hike around in the mountains. Yeah. There's The air is clear. The water is clean. What is it? But there's something, yeah. Yeah, the, yes. and we don't know. We still don't know. We've been trying to find out, is it is it the fact that there's better medical care and they're finding out sooner? That might be one thing. We do have better medical care because this is an, a wealthy county. Or is it, we don't know. Hmm. You know, we don't, we, there, is this happening everywhere where we're just finding out now because we, have, we can have a lot, lot more doctors hmm. here or something? You know, it's really a puzzle. So I had a crisis here in little old Marine County and I was bringing all this pot over from San Francisco and delivering all over so I ended up having a, an underground pot club right here. So we were, uh, there was us, San Francisco, there was Oakland, a crisis in Oakland I helped found. Um, there was Santa Cruz, there was Hayward, there was uh, Los Angeles, and San Diego. And we all had very illegal, very crucial pot clubs. And that we were the, f- the my club was the only club still open that was open before that 215. Was open back then. Oh yeah. my goodness, that's wonderful. And it was so controversial, and the newspaper got a hold of us, and we were doing this campaign, and we were selling pot to the sick people. They had to have doctor's notes, or at least indications that they had HIV, AIDS, or cancer, or whatever. You know, We had a tremendous amount of very sick people coming here. And um, the town, the I introduced a, an ordinance to the county in 1992, making marijuana the lowest possible priority for medical medical marijuana, lowest possible priority, and they removed the budget to bust in the county we're in. This model was followed across the nation. And I came up with that one, too, I'm an idea girl. And then I took the same ordinance and came here to Fairfax, where I was living, and I had several patients here, and this one really sick woman got, had gotten busted for two plants, two fucking plants. And we were in the middle of this campaign and all this front-page news, right? <laughs> And uh, I shamed them mercilessly about this. This woman is 84 pounds, and she needs her pot, and there isn't any pot. And there's two plants. What are you doing? So they actually kept the pot alive in the police station. (laughs) Like, gee, someone accidentally dropped some water on the plant one head, you know? And um, they ended up destroying the plants, and then she sued the town for for no warrant. 
And so she, she actually got $10,000 for her lost plant. Mm -hmm. and, and um, I made friends with the police chief because Rolling Stone magazine called up the police chief for an interview about this because we was in the, I was in the major media, mm -hmm. and I pointed the major media at the police chief here because I was so pissed. Mm -hmm. I mean, this woman was eighty-four pounds and dying, and you take her lousy plants. Yeah. Cool. I, oh. And so, um, you want to pause it? No, no, no. End it this way. No, no, no. This is what the town is making us do. So anyway, I was friends with the police chief, and he actually signed the petition. After all this, he's, and I don't want to be busting four, six, 84 pounders anymore, right? Signs the petition, the only one in the state that signed, and Terrence Hallinan, the DA of San Francisco, signed the petition, and they released a PR about it. You know? So this was all over the world. It was fucking amazing, right here in Fairfax. So we win, against all odds. We had... Former presidents say, no, 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 don't vote for this. We had every, the senators, no, 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 the, it'll be terrible. The sky will fall. No, don't vote for 215. We won. We that, won good, amazing. too. That's you know? amazing. Take so, it to the people. Yeah, we took it to the people and stunned the world. And then nobody knew what to do. You know, the cops quit busting. They didn't know what to do. So the police chief gets a hold of me. You know, he says, uh, I want to get some coffee. Not... Usually when I'm with a cop, I'm in the back of the car or something, you know. <laughs> sure, I'll have coffee with you, chief. You know? mm -hmm. Very interesting man. He was, he was a bad boy that they threw into the Marines, and he ended up doing well in the military and became a, an officer. And he was this burly old guy, you know, he used to steal cars or something, you know. And so he had some street sense. He says, Lynette, I really admire what you've done. It was kind of weird. It was in Rolling Stone magazine called me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you get God. a call from Rolling Stone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, man, you're heading for the big time. So, um, it says, I have officers down. They didn't know about rubber gloves and HIV aid bites. Hmm. And the cops were getting AIDS from handling oh, yes. bad guys with yeah. who were sick. Yeah. He had officers down, good friends of his, people he loved. Said, um, my friend is losing 30 pounds a month. 30 pounds a month. He can't sustain that. He says, hypothetically, what would you do if you were in my position? Hypothetically. And I said, uh, hypothetically, I would encourage him to eat brownies and turn my head. Hypothetically. Mm -hmm. He says, what do the brownies do? You know, well, it'll you know, stop him from being so nauseous and he'll be able to get a little hungry and he'll have less pain and he'll eat some food and he won't lose so much weight. He says, okay, do you have any literature? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so he brings the literature to his friend and turns his head and guess what? His friend gained 40 pounds in two months and lived another two years. Well, when he gained the first round of weight and didn't die... He came back to me and said, Lynette, we, do you know what a business permit is? Yeah. <laughs> I, said, uh, I think so. Do you know what a, a, a use, use permit is? No, sir. Well, I have some idea. So this was actually came from his idea because he used to be a, a, an administrator for the Duke Majin administration. He was a really brilliant man. Here's a bunch of uh, ideas, you know, and it had all these rules and things you can't do. You can't let the police look at the medical records and all this stuff. I said, I looked this whole thing over. I'll meet with you tomorrow, chief. Okay, we can't do this. 
you can't let the cops look at medical records. It's against the law. You, you know, we, yeah. and you know, but this is a legal thing now, and and for me to be able to sell it, then we have to make sure the patients feel safe. No, you can't walk in at any time to the dispensary in uniform. Mm -hmm. No, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, so I threw all those out, and I wrote a bunch. Considering what he had wanted to in to feel confident about what we were doing, so I ended up rewriting the whole thing, and that and he pushed it through because his ideas were in there also, and we developed through the planning commission through step by step, and got approved by the town council, and they issued the first license in all history to moi. Wow, that is yeah. amazing. Is that, that amazing? That, yes, yes. And so uh, it was front page news. I was on. I was on Time magazine. <laughs> oh my goodness! See, I didn't realize all of that. Oh all of that. God! CNN, and everything else, yeah, right? Yeah. And then six months later, here's where the trouble starts. Okay, this, everybody is stunned. Everybody thinks it's great. The patients are being helped. They're not afraid. They're not spending all this money getting their ass kicked in court. We also won 50 out of 50 cases because they busted my people. And we went in there with my lawyers and kicked their ass. We won 50 out of 50 cases. Either they're gonna sue the county or get some kind of settlement or something to stop this, right? So then this turned to a big, big deal. And the marshals come to the door and I'm getting sued by President of the United States. President Bill Clinton and Janet Reno signed the papers to come and sue me in civil court over my license, and I became the test case to stop the entire cannabis industry for 19 years in court. 19 years. I was harassed by the by agents. They surrounded my house. They, they were out here. They were trying to get information. They were jostling me in the streets. They basically tortured me. I was online. I couldn't be online. I had to give up my iPhone. I had to just stay home with my pit bulls. <laughs> You know, and um, I quit doing speeches because they were following me to everywhere I went. They were taking down people's license plate numbers and asking them questions when they walked around me later. Oh my goodness! Yeah, because you were you were a threat to the entire status quo. I did. <laughs> you know, we we broke the back of the drug war. We broke the back of the drug war. They a great cost, and they took away my social security savings of my lifetime. I'm you know I can't ever retire now. Mm. <laughs> Yes, I have write a book about all this, and and then um, and then they I got I had to go to court three times a week, and then it was twice a week, and then it was twice a month, and then it was dragging on and on, and they brought in there was uh, Oakland Club, the Ukiah Club, uh, Dennis's place, and two others. There was five of us. So it was Santa Cruz was six, and three collapsed right away. And uh, Oakland went forward. My girl in Ukiah was going to go forward, but she passed away from her illness. And we kind of let Oakland go forward, and we stayed open because we have <laughs> innocence until proven guilty. So we never closed. We were in court for years and years and years, and we stayed open, and it drove them crazy. I was open 15 years while I was going to court because it, I had the Constitution. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. we thought they were going to raid me but we also had the Constitution. This is so interesting because there's something called double jeopardy. And um, you cannot be sued in civil court for pot and be criminally raided for pot at the same because time. That's double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. So we kept that case alive, baby. You read it out. You're cooperating. No, everybody else is getting raided. I'm not getting raided. Everybody else gets shut down. I'm still open. I was the only club open in the whole state at one point. 
Because they kept raiding, 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 right? Didn't get raided because they had no civil court. So we um, we were in court 19 years. 19 years. 19 years. And we were the test case. They couldn't get past us. I have the best lawyer in the whole world. <laughs> Greg Anton, may you live a thousand years. Um, and also, because I stayed out of the media, and I, I quit being a major media spokesperson, people went forward. And I was figuring there was safety in numbers, and I didn't want anyone to scare everybody about how awful it is. It was really awful. And um, you know, I had agents yelling at me from out here in the parking lot and stuff, and they finally couldn't get win in court, so they cheated. It was Obama's people. Obama needed to be reelected. And he sent, and Biden was in on this too, and they seized this property because they couldn't close me. They seized this $10 million property over my license club, which was a smart move because thousands of people lost their lease instantly. And thousands of people got closed down because the landlords freaked out. But my landlord was the only one in the nation to actually lose the property over a license pop-up. People believe that. So when we, I had a move. And then I had a, an injunction where I couldn't work anywhere in the nation, in the industry, forever. I had a federal injunction where I could not work in the industry. And I couldn't work with cannabis. I couldn't have cannabis. I couldn't do anything about pot at all, you know? Okay. Um, so I couldn't work. I couldn't work for five years. I, uh, my house went to foreclosure. I was very ill. I was on general assistance. I was really suicidal, you know. And then there was a slight change in the law, and I called up my lawyer, because the Republicans, to retaliate against Obama, had made deficit spending on the budget a felony. Well, and there was no budget for a medical marijuana bus. They removed that. So that means that if Obama came after me, he would be deficit spending, which is a felony. So we went to court with this very logical argument. And my lawyer said, well, right now, this is back in 2016, there's 35,000 licensed pot clubs across the nation now. With this happening, with the no budget and it's a felony, why can't my client go back to work like everybody else? And the prosecutor gets up from Washington, D.C., sitting there in San Francisco, gets up and says, we don't care what anyone else has, she just can't have a dispensary. Some snippy woman from D.C. Mm -hmm. And my judge flipped out. My judge, bless his heart, Judge Breyer, he flipped out, jumped up, and excoriated the prosecution with the finger of shame. Do you remember equal justice under the law? Oh, yeah. And, I, and I were, I'm holding onto the bench. I'm looking at my lawyer. We can't, like, do anything but hold onto the bench, you know, white-knuckling it, right? And we, won this, and we won this case really good. He, he told them in open court, that they had violated the Constitution, the rule of law, due process, my civil rights, and common decency, which they had, you know? And so I have a protective order from the federal judge against the DEA and the DOJ. As long as I'm following whatever state law, they can't touch me. They can't come after me. They are gone. They're gone. They're gone. So then we had to go after the settlement for my landlord because his case, where they gave the land back, after he settled, saying he would never rent to me or any dispensary for the rest of his life, nor could his heirs, right? Oh, that's crazy. Unheard yeah, yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the settlement he had to sign to get this place back into his hands, right? So we had to go to court 
for him. For him too. Right? Because it was in a, my my case was a moot, so his thing was supposed to be moot. Right then, Donald Trump came in, and I said, "Oh my God, what's going to happen?" Donald Trump fired all the Democrats. He fired my prosecutor of 19 years and settled the case because the enemy of the enemy is my yeah, yeah, friend. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. And since Obama had come after yeah, me, yeah. he let me and my landlord let, go. Yeah, okay. And he fired the guy that was after me for yeah, 20 years. Yeah. That worked good for you because he used it as a political thing. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. I don't know if he ever did anything else yeah. that was good, but that was definitely good for me. So thank you, Donald Trump. <laughs> but, uh, mm -hmm. but, um, so how long have you been open now? I've been open since 2017. Since 2017? Yeah, right when they changed from medical in 2018, then the town refused to let me have uh, recreational. And I lost 80% of my clients in one week, literally. We were dead. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. if you can't. So we yeah. had to do an initiative here locally. And we were gonna, everybody wanted everything. They wanted licenses to grow and licenses to make tinctures and licenses to make cookies and all this stuff. And so I got, I got triple the amount of signatures in five days. Everybody wanted a, a pot club and all with recreational and stuff. Unfortunately, right then on the town council, uh, uh, the mayor, who was the head of the Bicycle Coalition, was also the head of Moms Against Marijuana. So the town council wouldn't give me the right license. But what they did to compromise, because we were going to go back out with another initiative, they threw out my initiative. And we were going to either go to court and challenge that or go back with another initiative, right? They let me have a recreational license for delivery only because if, if we sold recreational over the counter, it would hurt children. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, no. So we are still walking into this waiting room yeah, I, as a delivery. I've noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed that, yeah, yeah. Because that is all they will do. And yeah. They will not cooperate and they will not modernize. And yeah. I'm, right now it's, I'm being discriminated against by the town. Yeah, 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 because I noticed that you have that. But listen, we're going to mm -hmm. try to wrap this up here because yeah. I, cause I know people have a, a short attention span. Yeah. But let me tell you something. All of you people out there like me who love to smoke. I mean, my goodness. I love to I, soak. <laughs> I, had a, I, I, was telling, I was telling someone just uh, the other week. Uh, I said, you know, I used to have this friend of mine. Well, you know, I was an alcoholic most of my life, too. But I had this friend of mine, I said, who was always complaining about every time I go out on weekends, I get so drunk, and then I wake up the next day and my lips out, I, I, I piss somebody off and somebody punched me out. I don't remember it and all yeah. that stuff. And I told him, I said, man, you know what you need to do? You need to do what I did. Well, you know, now I occasionally drink, but I stopped drinking, period, for some years. I said, you need to change from alcohol to marijuana. And he says, alligator, come on. It's just... They're both drugs. I go, no, 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 no. I says, I can put four people like you in a room with a, with a, a quart of liquor and lock you in there. And at some point, you guys going to be fighting like hell. Yep. I said, I could put 15 of you in the same room with a half a pan of pot and leave you in there for six days and nobody going to have one kind <laughs> <unkind> work. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just not conducive mm -hmm. to, to, to that. Mm -hmm. So listen, Lynette Shaw, you people out there who are enjoying the fact that marijuana is legal and you can go to your dispensary and you can smoke and you, you can grow now mm -hmm. uh, plants per, per person. Mm -hmm. This is one of the people who was actually responsible for that, yep. who fought the fight. And it's still fighting. I'm still fighting. Still fighting. Yeah. So 
All I'm saying is we need to ha have a shout out for Lynette Shaw. Thank you. And this is we gonna do this again. So yeah, yeah, anytime. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is the first one because right. I can tell you just by knowing her. I just met her, but I'm telling you, I know she's got a lot of stories. Yeah, a lot of stories. <laughs> and you, you like listening to my stories. So that's nice. Thank yes. You. So listen, this is alligator. I'm gonna do one more little. If you want to sit, I'm gonna do gotcha. one more little little thing. You rock out, daddy. Before I uh. Leave? Mm -hmm. oh, well, that doesn't matter right now. Can I okay. Uh, there we go. This is cool. Now, mm -hmm. when I was uh, doing the pandemic, when we were all uh, locked in our houses mm -hmm. and we couldn't uh, couldn't go out. Turn this one off. Hmm. Well, we just let it go. Mm -hmm. uh, here, here I go. When I was in my house during the pandemic, I uh, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything, so I sit in the house and I smoked funny cigarettes and wrote music. Excellent. And this song here I'm going to do just because in the beginning tells you about my lifestyle. smile on my face from wonderful dreams to a wonderful day looked in the mirror saw a man who looked like me I said you're an ugly motor scooter who can you be <laughs> just then he broke out in song I said you must be a part of this come along I did a dance into my bathroom I got myself showered I got myself groomed I took a little tote to ease my mind I walked out into the warm sunshine. I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God, because you work so hard to keep this little blue planet spinning in space. We got air, sun, and water. That's life. We got it made. Birds in the ocean, fishes in the sea. Four-legged and two-legged creatures who look like me. Thank you, God. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. One more time. I'm going to tell you one more time. I woke up this morning with a smile on my face. From wonderful dreams to a wonderful day. I looked in the mirror, saw a man who looked like me. I said, you're an ugly motor scooter. Who the hell can you be? Just then, he broke out in song. I said, you must be a part of this. Come along. I did a dance into my bathroom. I got myself showered, I got myself groomed. I took a little tote to ease my mind. I walked out into the warm sunshine. 
Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Because you work so doggone hard to keep this little blue planet spinning in space. We got air, sun, and water. That's life. We got it made. Fishes in the ocean, birds in the air. Sometimes I'm so happy I can laugh without a care. Thank you, God. Hey! Thank you, God. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Because you work so doggone hard. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to thank you. Wow! Because you work so doggone hard. <laughs> that song. That's a wonderful song. So listen, this is Alligator in Alignment. We're with Lynette Shaw. My new friend, I just met her. Yes. And uh, we love you. We 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 are yeah. friends. Yes, we are. Yes. Yeah. Um, remember when you smoke in your pot, when you go into your dispensary. This woman and the people who she worked with spent 19 years fighting the good fight, so you could do this. That's right. And this is not the, we're going to do another, uh, another show with her because uh, I'm sure she's got we other got stories. Of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is Alligator in Alignment. Here's what I say is happy trails and we will, we will see you later, okay? Yeah. Remember Dorothy Day House in Oakland, California. Uh, go on and look them up. I went, I went there. I did a show with them. They, they, uh, doing a wonderful place feeding the homeless and I'm going to arrange some fundraisers for them. So mm -hmm. I want you, you guys to, to stay abreast of that because we're going to raise some money for those people. They do an incredible job. Dorothy Dayhouse. Look them up. Go to their website and please make a donation. You know, do something good. Just do something good. $20. Whatever. Make a donation. Okay. This is Alligator in Alignment. They call me the Crazy Cowboy. I have no idea why, but I will see you next time. <laughs>
and they love it. You know what? Even the goats, all the goats, love to play in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legalize it. And I will advertise it. And we got a really interesting show today. This is Alligator in Alignment. I'm here in wonderful Fairfax, California today. And if any of you people know anything about Fairfax, let me tell you, it's a wonderful community in Marin County. And uh, right now we're at the Marin Alliance, which is a dispensary here in Fairfax, California. I had uh, Lynette here with me, but she got called into the dispensary for a minute, so I'm here by myself right now. Hopefully she'll be back shortly. But let me tell you that she opened the first legal cannabis dispensary in the United States of America. And she has a story to tell about the struggles that she had trying to, uh, to get this whole thing started. Now here she's back. <laughs> okay, okay so. I'm so excited. I have to tell you, this is the exciting part here. I just launched my own brand. Oh my goodness. My own brand, and it just came in the first run, and I'm in partners with the Vampire of Air. You guys check this out, man. Check. There's Vampire. Yes, yes. Isn't that good? What? And even the, even the pot leaves are spooky. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have joints made of voodoo strain. <laughs> You got me going. For indica, indica. Yeah, baby. It just came in right listen, in the middle of our interview. Hooray. Listen, we came in a good time yes, here. Yes, you did, man. This listen, is the This is Lynette Shaw. Maybe I have a friend, uh, Belinus, and I go back, ooh, 50 years or so. I used to play there when I would come out to California. I would playing at uh, Smiley's. Smiley's, I played there before. And, uh, yeah. And every time I come to California, I always go there to play, just for nostalgia. But I was there and a friend of mine told me, he says, Alligator, he says, you're doing your podcast. You want? I got an interesting subject for you. He says, there's a lady in uh, Fairfax who opened the first legal marijuana dispensary in America. Mm-hmm. In the world, actually. In the world. Oh, yeah. man, that's even better. The first license to legally sell pot ever. Oh, my goodness. I know. Tell me something. How did, <laughs> how did, tell us how did this come about. Oh, uh, I got in so much trouble. But I'll tell you how I got there, and I'll tell you all the trouble that happened, okay? I was, I was working with the medical marijuana movement. I met Dennis Perone and Jack Herrer at the same time, the founder of the hemp movement and the founder of the medical marijuana movement. And... Um, I, my mother was a Quaker, and so when I went to, to this Castro, where the first pot club in history was, and there were these thousands of people who were like this big, that the only thing that was keeping them alive was joints. Yeah. And they didn't know why, it was AIDS, it was a crisis, so we had a drug war, and we had people laying down and dying in the streets. When I got to the Castro, and, and Dennis brought me to this beautiful lounge, and everybody was dying but they felt a little better, you know? And, and he said, do you want a job? It's dangerous, <laughs> you know? And I said, oh my God, what can I do to help? 
So I joined the first pot club in history and the first staff in history. And um, it was very scary, and the cops were circling around, and the oh, agents were circling around. Yeah. And, and we had, I, I took in 6,000 individuals working for Dennis over five years. Six, I had all these patients, and then when it was, it was more than AIDS, it was cancer. And then it was the lupus. And then it was all these diseases I'd never heard of because I'm a musician. Okay. I didn't know what any of this stuff was, but I'd look at the medical stuff, I did my homework, and I, it was pot is simple. Well, you got nausea, you're in chemo, well, you're probably going to want sativa, because that helps the nausea. You know, you're in terrible pain, you're going to want indica. And so we had basic, I learned more and more as I went, and I became Dennis's secretary. And then Dennis sent me down to L.A. to help Jack, so I was Jack Harris' secretary for, and Dennis Prone's secretary for five years, both the founding fathers of our movement. And a, wee, a good weed girl is hard to find, <laughs> you know? And I'm honest, and I work hard, and I also have good ideas. This is, being an idea girl is very dangerous. It's a dangerous thing. So um, I worked on the 215 Development Committee, because I was Dennis's secretary. So I was there, we were, had a group of people, and it kind of varied with who was there. I took a lot of notes, and we developed the 215 language. And we, and also before the, even before that, Dennis had trained me to be a lobbyist in Sacramento because we had to, we had to pursue every other legal and political way to get legal medical marijuana somehow, mm -hmm. or, to, or, or we also were up, we had agreed to become arrested and be part of the case, to try to overturn the anti-medical marijuana law, you know. So that was part of the danger part, you know. And it was not, it was very scary. And then I was a lobbyist in Sacramento. Dennis said, gee, Lynette, you're photogenic. Um, I'm going to take the dressers, take you to Bloomies, and get you a power suit, and, and get your nails done. And have somebody put some makeup on you. <laughs> okay, Dennis, okay. So I was the lead person to walk into the office of the senator or the assembly person, because, hi, I made an appointment to talk to you about medical marijuana, and I'm Lynette Sean. Oh, by the way, I have a few friends. And I would bring in the really crippled, terribly sick, just miserable humans. Mm -hmm. And we'd make the senator cry. And that was the mission. That is amazing. That's, that's how we got every one, one door, one tier, one vote. We went, that's how we got all the votes. And we, we won the assembly bill, got vetoed. We won the Senate bill, we got vetoed. We had exhausted all remedies. And then we went to the initiative. So this was a five-year plan from Dennis Brown. I was in the middle of all this stuff. You know, I was the young gay girl in the back taking a lot of notes going, damn, there's some heavy-duty people coming from City Hall down here. Um, I helped campaign for 215. I was training petitioners for Jack Hare for the hemp petitioner. So I ended up training everybody statewide uh, for the medical marijuana petition. And um, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the think tank. Uh, and. Um, I'm an idea girl, and some ideas work out, you know. So um, during the campaign, I secured this place here that we're, we're, I secured this place as a campaign headquarters, but also as an underground pot access because I was so many sick people here. We had, we were number two in the nation for HIV AIDS per capita, mm -hmm. and still to this day, let's say this right to the camera too, number one for breast cancer in the nation, Little Marin County, this county. That's to un this day. Who, who would have dreamed that? To this day, one out of three women in Marin County will have or have had breast cancer. 
one out of three. And we don't know why. We don't have any industry. We're yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah, eating that's organic yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all hike around in the mountains. Yeah. There's the air is clear. The water is clean. What is it? But there's something, yeah. Yeah, the, yes. and we don't know. We still don't know. We've been trying to find out. Is it is it the fact that there's better medical care and they're finding out sooner? That might be one thing. We do have better medical care because this is an, a wealthy county. Or is it, we don't know. You know, we don't. We, there is this happening everywhere, but we're just finding out now because we have we can have a lot, lot more doctors here or something. You know, it's really a puzzle. So I had a crisis here in Little Old Marine County, and I was bringing all this pot over from San Francisco and delivering all over. So I ended up having a, an underground pot club right here. So we were uh, there was us, San Francisco. There's Oakland, a crisis in Oakland. I helped found. Um, there was Santa Cruz. There was Hayward, there was uh, Los Angeles, and San Diego. And we all had very illegal, very crucial pot clubs. And that we were the f my club was the only club still open that was open before 215. back then. Oh yeah. my goodness, that's wonderful. And it was so controversial, and the newspaper got a hold of us, and we were doing this campaign, and we were selling pot to the sick people. They had to have doctor's notes, or at least indications that they had HIV, AIDS, or cancer, or whatever. You know, we had a tremendous amount of very sick people coming here. And um, the town, the I introduced a, an ordinance to the county in 1992, making marijuana the lowest possible priority for medical, you know, medical marijuana, lowest possible priority, and they removed the budget to bust in the county we're in. This model was followed across the nation. And I came up with that one too, and I'm an idea girl. And then I took the same ordinance and came here to Fairfax where I was living and I had several patients here and this one really sick woman got, had gotten busted for two plants. Two fucking plants. And we were in the middle of this campaign and all this front page news, right? <laughs> and uh, I shamed them mercilessly about this. This woman is 84 pounds and she needs her pot and there isn't any pot. I mean, two plants, what are you doing? So they actually kept the pot alive in the police station. <laughs> like, gee, someone accidentally dropped some water on the plant on head, you know? And um, they ended up destroying the plants, and then she sued the town for, t to, for no warrant. And so she, she actually got $10,000 for her lost plant. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I made friends with the police chief, because Rolling Stone magazine called up the police chief for an interview about this because we was in the, I was in the major media, mm -hmm. and I pointed the major media at the police chief here because I was so pissed. Mm -hmm. I mean, this woman was eighty four pounds and dying, and you take her lousy plants. Yeah. Oh. I, oh. And so um, you want to pause it? No, no, no. no, no, this right, no, right. no, no yeah. <laughs> This is what the town is making us do. So anyway, I was friends with the police chief. And he actually signed the petition. After all this, he's, I don't want to be busting four, six, 84 pounders anymore, right? Signs the petition. The only one in the state that signed, and Terrence Hallinan, the DA of San Francisco, signed the petition, and they released a PR about it. You know, so this was all over the world. It was fucking amazing. Right here in Fairfax. So we win against all odds. We had former presidents say, no, 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 don't vote for this. We had every, the senators, no, 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 the, it'll be terrible, the sky will fall. No, don't vote for 215. We won. We that, won good, amazing. too. That's you know? amazing. Take so, it to the people. Yeah, we took it to the people and stunned the world. And then nobody knew what to do. You know, the cops quit busting. They didn't know what to do. So the police chief gets a hold of me. 
You know, this is, uh, I want to get some coffee. Now, usually when I'm with a cop, I'm in the back of the car or something, you know. <laughs> sure, I'll have coffee with you, chief. You know? Very interesting, man. He was, he was a bad boy that they threw into the Marines, and he ended up doing well in the military and became a, an officer. And he was this burly guy, you know, used to steal cars or something, you know. And so he had some street sense. He says, Lynette, I really admire what you've done. It was kind of weird. Some Rolling Stone magazine called me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, when you get God. a call from Rolling Stone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, man, you're heading for the big time. So, um, it says, I have officers down. They didn't know about rubber gloves and HIV aid bites. Mm. And the cops were getting AIDS from handling oh, yes. bad guys with yeah. who were sick. Yeah. He had officers down, good friends of his, people he loved. They said, um, my friend is losing 30 pounds a month. 30 pounds a month. He can't sustain that. He says, hypothetically, what would you do if you were in my position? Hypothetically. And I said, uh, hypothetically, I would encourage him to eat brownies and turn my head. Hypothetically. Mm -hmm. He says, what do the brownies do? You know, well, it'll you know, stop him from being so nauseous and he'll be able to get a little hungry and he'll have less pain and he'll eat some food and he won't lose so much weight. He says, okay, do you have any literature? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so he brings the literature to his friend and turns his head and guess what? His friend gained 40 pounds in two months and lived another two years. Well, when he gained the first round of weight and didn't die... He came back to me and said, Lynette, we, do you know what a business permit is? <laughs> I, said, uh, I think so. Do you know what a, a, a use, use permit is? No, sir. Well, I have some idea. So this was actually came from his idea because he used to be a, a, an administrator for the Duke Majin administration. He was a really brilliant man. Here's a bunch of uh, ideas, you know, and it had all these rules and things you can't do. You can't let the police look at the medical records and all this stuff. I said, I looked this whole thing over. I'll meet with you tomorrow, Chief. Okay, we can't do this. You can't let the cops look at medical records. It's against the law, you, you know. We, yeah. And, you know, but this is a legal thing now, and, and for me to be able to sell it, then we have to make sure the patients feel safe. No, you can't walk in at any time to the dispensary in uniform. Mm -hmm. No. You can't do that, <laughs> you know? So I threw all those out, and I wrote a bunch, considering what he had wanted to, in conf to feel confident about what we were doing. So I ended up rewriting the whole thing, and, that, and he pushed it through, because his ideas were in there also, and we developed through the planning commission, through step-by-step, step, and got approved by the town council, and they issued the first license in all history to moi. Wow. That is yeah. amazing. Isn't that, that amazing? That, yes, yes. And so uh, it was front page news. I was on I was on Time magazine. <laughs> oh my goodness, see. I didn't realize all of that. Oh that. god, CNN, everything else, yeah, right? Yeah. And then 6 months later, here's where the trouble starts. Okay? This everybody's stunned. Everybody thinks it's great. The patients are being helped. They're not afraid. They're not spending all this money getting their ass kicked in court. We also won 50 out of 50 cases because they busted my people. And we went in there with my lawyers and kicked their ass. We won 50 out of 50 cases. I'm either going to sue the county or get some kind of settlement or something to stop this, right? So then it's turned to a big, big deal. 
and the marshals come to the door, and I'm getting sued by President of the United States. President Bill Clinton and Janet Reno signed the papers to come and sue me in civil court over my license, and I became the test case to stop the entire cannabis industry for 19 years in court. 19 years. I was harassed by, the, by agents. They surrounded my house. They, they were out here. They were trying to get information. They were jostling me in the streets. They basically tortured me. I was online. I couldn't be online. I had to give up my iPhone. I had to just stay home with my pit bulls, <laughs> you know? And um, I quit doing speeches because they were following me to everywhere I went. They were taking down people's license plate numbers and asking them questions when they walked around me later. Oh my goodness, yeah, because you were, you were a threat to the entire status quo. I did. <laughs> you know? we, we broke the back of the drug war. <laughs> we broke the back of the drug war. They had a great cost, and they took away my social security savings of my lifetime. I'm, you know, I can't ever retire now. Mm. <laughs> Unless I have write a book about all this. And, and then, um, and then they, I got, I had to go to court three times a week. And then it was twice a week, and then it was twice a month, and then it was dragging on and on. And they brought in, there was uh, Oakland Club, the Ukiah Club, uh, Dennis's Place, and two others. There was five of us. So it was Santa Cruz was six. And three collapsed right away. And uh, Oakland went forward. My girl in Ukiah was going to go forward, but she passed away from her, her illness. And we kind of let Oakland go forward, and we stayed open because we have <laughs> innocence until proven guilty. So we never closed. We were in court for years and years and years, and we stayed open, and it drove them crazy. I was open 15 years while I was going to court because it, I had the Constitution. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. we thought they were going to raid me but we also had the Constitution. This is so interesting because there's something called double jeopardy. And um, you cannot be sued in civil court for pot and be criminally raided for pot at the same because time. That's double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. Yeah. So we kept that case alive, baby. <laughs> Man, that case, they could, they, you, you ratted out. You're cooperating. No, everybody else is getting raided. I'm not getting raided. Everybody else gets shut down. I'm still open. I was the only club open in the whole state at one point because they get rating, 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 right? Didn't get rated because they had no civil court. So we um, we were in court 19 years. 19 years. 19 years, and we were the test case. They couldn't get past us. I have the best lawyer in the whole world. <laughs> Greg Anton, may you live a thousand years. Um, and also because I stayed out of the media and I, I quit being a major media spokesperson. People went forward, and I was figuring there was safety in numbers, and I didn't want to to scare everybody about how awful it is. It was really awful, and um, you know, I had agents yelling at me from out here in the parking lot and stuff. And they finally couldn't get win in court, so they cheated. It was Obama's people. Obama needed to be reelected, and he sent. And Biden was in on this too, and they seized this property because they couldn't close me. They seized this $10 million property over my license club, which was a smart move because thousands of people lost their lease instantly. And thousands of people got closed down because the landlords freaked out. But my landlord was the only one in the nation to actually lose the property over a license club. You believe that. So when we, I had a move. And then I had a, an injunction where I couldn't work anywhere in the nation, in the industry, forever. I had a federal injunction where I could not work in the industry. I couldn't work with cannabis. I couldn't have cannabis. 
and couldn't do anything about pot at all, you know. Okay, um, so I couldn't work. I couldn't work for five years. I, uh, my house went to foreclosure. I was very ill. I was on general assistance. I was really suicidal, you know. And then there was a slight change in the law, and I called up my lawyer because the Republicans, to retaliate against Obama, had made deficit spending on the budget a felony. Well, and there was no budget for a medical marijuana bus. They removed that. So that means that if Obama came after me, he would be deficit spending, which is a felony. So we went to court with this very logical argument. And my lawyer said, well, right now, this is back in 2016, there's 35,000 licensed pot clubs across the nation now. With this happening, with no budget and it's a felony, why can't my client go back to work like everybody else? And the prosecutor gets up from Washington, D.C., sitting there in San Francisco, gets up and says, we don't care what anyone else has. She just can't have a dispensary. Some snippy woman from D.C. Mm -hmm. And my judge flipped out. My judge, bless his heart, Judge Breyer, he flipped out, jumped up, and excoriated the prosecution with the finger of shame. Do you remember equal justice under the law? Oh, yeah. And, I, and I were, I'm holding on to the bench. I'm looking at my lawyer. We can't, like, do anything but hold on to the bench. You know, I'm white-knuckling it, right? And we won this, and we won this case really good. He, he told them in open court, that they had violated the Constitution, the rule of law, due process, my civil rights, and common decency, which they had, you know? And so I have a protective order from the federal judge against the DEA and the DOJ. As long as I'm following whatever state law, they can't touch me. They can't come after me. They are gone. They're gone. They're gone. So then we had to go after the settlement for my landlord because his case, where they gave the land back, after he settled, saying he would never rent to me or any dispensary for the rest of his life, nor could his heirs, right? Oh, that's crazy. Unheard yeah, yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the settlement he had to sign to get this place back into his hands, right? So we had to go to court for him. For him, too. Right? Because it was in a, my, my case was a moot, so his thing was supposed to be moot. Right then, Donald Trump came in. And I said, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Donald Trump fired all the Democrats. He fired my prosecutor of 19 years and settled the case because the enemy of the enemy is my yeah, friend. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. And since Obama had come after yeah, me, yeah. he let me and my landlord let, go. Yeah, okay. And he fired the guy that was after me for yeah. 20 years. Yeah. That worked good for you because he used it as a political thing. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. I don't know if he ever did anything else yeah. that was good, but that was definitely good for me. So thank you, Donald Trump. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, so how long have you been open now? I've been open since 2017. Since 2017? Yeah, right when they changed from medical in 2018, then the town refused to let me have uh, recreational. And I lost 80% of my clients in one week, literally. We were dead. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. if you can't. So we yeah. had to do an initiative here locally. And we were gonna, everybody wanted everything. They wanted licenses to grow and licenses to make tinctures and licenses to make cookies and all this stuff. And so I got, I got triple the amount of signatures in five days. Everybody wanted a pot club and all with recreational and stuff. Unfortunately, right then on the town council, um, uh, the mayor, who was the head of the bicycle coalition, was also the head of Moms Against Marijuana. So the town council 
wouldn't give me the right license. But what they did to compromise, because we were going to go back out with another initiative. They threw out my initiative. And we were going to either go to court and challenge that or go back with another initiative, right? They let me have a recreational license for delivery only because if, if we sold recreational over the counter, it would hurt children. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, no. So we are still walking into this waiting room yeah, as I, a delivery. I, I noticed that. Yeah. I noticed that, yeah, yeah. Because that is all they will do. And yeah. they will not cooperate and they will not modernize. And I'm, right now, it's, I'm being discriminated against by the town. Yeah, 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 because I noticed that you have that. But listen, we're going to mm -hmm. try to wrap this up here because yeah. I, I, I know people have a, a short attention span. Yeah. But let me tell you something. All of you people out there like me who love to smoke. I mean, my goodness. I, love to I, soak. <laughs> I, had a, I, I, was telling, I was telling someone just uh, the other week. Uh, I said, you know, I used to have this friend of mine. Well, you know, I was an alcoholic most of my life, too. But I had this friend of mine, I said, who was always complaining about every time I go out on weekends, I get so drunk, and then I wake up the next day and my lips out, I, I, I piss somebody off and somebody punched me out. I don't remember it and all yeah. that stuff. And I told him, I said, man, you know what you need to do? You need to do what I did. Well, you know, now I occasionally drink, but I stopped drinking, period, for some years. I said, you need to change from alcohol to marijuana. And he says, alligator, come on. It's just... They're both drugs. I go, no, 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 no. I says, I can put four people like you in a room with a, with a, a quarter liquor and lock you in there. And at some point, you guys going to be fighting like hell. Yep. I said, I could put 15 of you in the same room with a half a pan of pot and leave you in there for six days and nobody going to have <laughs> one unkind work. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it's just not conducive mm -hmm. to, to that. Mm -hmm. So listen, Lynette Shaw, you people out there who are enjoying the fact that marijuana is legal and you can go to your dispensary and you can smoke and you, you can grow now mm -hmm. uh, plants per, per person. Mm -hmm. This is one of the people who was actually responsible for that, yep. who fought the fight and is still fighting. I'm still fighting. Still fighting. Yeah. So all I'm saying is we need to have a shout out for Lynette Shaw. Thank you. And this is we gonna do this again. So yeah, yeah, anytime. Yeah, 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 this is this is the first one, mm -hmm. because I can tell you just by knowing her, I just met her, but I'm telling you, I know she's got a lot of stories. I got a lot of stories. <laughs> and you, you like listening to my stories? So that's nice. Thank yes. you. So listen, this is Alligator. I'm gonna do one more little. If you want to sit, I'm gonna do I one more you. little little thing. You rock out, Daddy. Before I uh, leave. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter right now. Can I give okay. You the uh, card, there we go. This is cool. Now, mm -hmm. when I was uh, during the pandemic, when we were all uh, locked in our houses mm -hmm. and we couldn't uh, couldn't go out. You have to turn this one off. Hmm. Well, we just let it go. Mm -hmm. uh, here, here I go. When I was in my house during the pandemic, I uh, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. So I sit in the house and I 
smoked funny cigarettes, and wrote music. Excellent. And this song here I'm going to do just because in the beginning tells you about my lifestyle. With a smile on my face From wonderful dreams To a wonderful day Looked in the mirror Saw a man who looked like me I said you're an ugly motor scooter Who can you be? <laughs> Just then he broke out in song I said you must be a part of this Come along I did a dance into my bathroom I got myself showered I got myself groomed I took a little tote To ease my mind I walked out into the warm sunshine. I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God, because you work so hard to keep this little blue planet spinning in space. We got air, sun, and water. That's life. We got it made. Birds in the ocean, fishes in the sea. Four-legged and two-legged creatures who look like me. Thank you, God. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. One more time. I'm going to tell you one more time. I woke up this morning with a smile on my face. From wonderful dreams to a wonderful day. I looked in the mirror, saw a man who looked like me. I said, you an ugly motor scooter. Who the hell can you be? Just then he broke out in song. I said, you must be a part of this. Come along. I did a dance into my bathroom. I got myself showered, I got myself groomed. Ah! I took a little tote to ease my mind. I walked out into the warm sunshine. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Cause you work so doggone hard To keep this little blue planet spinning in space We got air, sun, and water, that's life We got it made Fishes in the ocean, birds in the air Sometimes I'm so happy I can laugh without a care Thank you God, hey! Thank you God I wanna thank you, I wanna thank you Cause you work so doggone hard Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to thank you. Wow! Because you worked so doggone hard. <laughs> that song. That's a wonderful song. So listen, this is Alligator in Alignment. We're with Lynette Shaw. My new friend, I just met her. Yes. And uh, we love you. We 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 we, we, we yeah. we're friends. Yes, we are. Yes. Yeah. Um, remember when you smoke in your pot, when you go into your dispensary, 
This woman and the people who she worked with spent 19 years fighting the good fight so you could do this. That's right. And this is not, the, we're going to do another, uh, another show with her because uh, I'm sure she's got other stories. Yeah. <laughs> this is Alligator in Alignment. Here's what I say is happy trails and we will, we will see you later, okay? Yeah. Remember Dorothy Day House in Oakland, California. Uh, go on and look them up. I went, I went there. I did a show with them. They, they are doing a wonderful place feeding the homeless and I'm going to arrange some fundraisers for them. So mm -hmm. I want you, you guys to to stay abreast of that because we're going to raise some money for those people. They do an incredible job. Dorothy Dayhouse, look them up, go to their website, and please make a donation. You know, do something good. Just do something good. $20, whatever, make a donation. Okay? This is Alligator in Alignment. They call me the crazy cowboy. I have no idea why, but I will see you next time. <laughs>